0: to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Siddiqui and Zach Razudo Okay, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Faraz, Zach, here to answer your Week 15 Start-Sit questions. If you made it here, you're asking Start-Sit questions. That probably means that you're in the playoffs. And I don't want any, you know, you know, uh, toilet bowl questions okay if you're in a (laughs) consolation bracket okay please don't waste my time
1: all right (laughs) hey i'd rather get a toilet bowl question than a consolation (laughs) bracket because in a toilet bowl you're playing for something you're playing to avoid that punishment (laughs) so a consolation bracket yeah there's no reason and especially if you're in a consolation bracket and you're picking up players with the waiver like what are you doing (laughs) <laughs> you're Listen, man. Honestly, else. you know, if, if you're here
0: listening and, and watching, and you're you're in the toilet bowl, you're in the consolation bracket. Good for you. Good for you. I'm glad you didn't. You glad you didn't give up here. Uh, big news, man. Big news. Uh, and that's uh, Mike White. Yeah. No, Mike White this weekend. The doctors wouldn't clear him for this game. Zach Wilson was just promoted to the number two spot this weekend. He's going to get the start in Mike White's place. This is not ideal. This no. is not ideal <laughs> at all. Uh I'm moving Garrett Wilson down. I'm I had him at wide receiver 10 this week. And uh, I'm not I'm not going to go completely off of him. Like I'm only moving him down to wide receiver 16. Okay? Right. So that's still a solid wide receiver too. Uh there were two games with Zach Wilson before the Jets week 10 bye where Wilson did his thing, you know, 6 for 115. I think that was good for the wide receiver eleven finish, and then eight for ninety-two, which was good for the wide receiver fifteen or sixteen finish. So, still solid the wide receiver two numbers there, you know, and those weren't cake matchups, you know, against New England and Buffalo. This right. is a good matchup against the Lions, you know. Jeff Okuda is good, but he isn't a shutdown corner, right? Uh, he, like, I, I understand, like we want to think of this as a, a huge, drastic. Situation and it is because the, the, the Jets, the Jets offense definitely takes a hit here for sure. Uh, right. but he, it's not like you know he's going, Garrett Wilson's going straight to the bench for me or anything like that.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think that's fair. Um, I wonder if this is going to light a fire maybe under Zach Wilson a little bit. I'm not sure, you know, that time off it might, you know, maybe do a little uh, of a bit Man, of, cause a little bit I, of change. I'll hope so
0: because as a Jets fan, this is a big game.
1: Yeah. No, it is. And I wonder, you know, with Zach Wilson, like, will they be able to keep up with the Lions offense? I think their defense will help them to do that. But you have to, you know, think you just have these terrible memories of that game against the Patriots where they put up how many yards in the second half? Was it seven? Something like that. It was yeah. a really bad number. Yeah, it was just horrific. Was so you have that. This, in this was mind. the
0: this was the last Zach Wilson start uh, the week after the bye. This is the second time they played New England in New England.
1: Yeah, so that, that leaves a sour taste, and now he's coming back, and he's going to be starting this week. I think he's going to be all right, but this that isn't the same offense, like we said, with Mike White at the at quarterback. Um, he did a lot better of a job getting the ball to his playmakers than Zach Wilson had been doing. Um, But, yeah, I wouldn't move off of Garrett Wilson completely. Um, I saw one of the first comments when we got in here, and it looks like it was just sent again. Um, Jazz Pope wants to know, was Zach Wilson starting? Do you start Garrett Wilson, or should you start Christian Watson instead? I think I'd start Christian Watson here because I don't know what to expect well, I, from Garrett Wilson anymore.
0: It's funny because I had Christian Watson as my wide receiver 11 yeah. right behind Garrett Wilson. So now Christian Watson moves into
1: the top 10 yep. with this news. Yeah. So I think now, in this in this case I would start Christian Watson but yeah, I think Garrett Wilson now becomes benchable in in in, in some in some cases.
0: In some cases because you might have been starting him over some studs. So yeah, he does become Be- Garrett Wilson does become benchable at this point if you were starting him over some of your studs because he became a stud over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Now, despite how much I loved Elijah Moore as like this desperate upside start this week, I'm moving him down to my wide receiver 37 on the week. He still has the best matchup of any slot wide receiver this week. Remember, he moved to the slot pretty much full-time now. He's a full-time player now. Corey Davis is likely to be out. So he's still startable, okay? Uh, You know, we, we don't have a big... We don't have a great history between Zach Wilson and Elijah Moore this year. Uh, but now that he's a full-time player, now that he's in the slot rather than the outside in an amazing matchup, I'm still okay starting Elijah Moore, but not as excited, not anywhere nearly as excited as I was coming into this week. Uh because yeah. I'm a big Elijah Moore fan. But, you know, Mike White was, you know, giving me some hope that Elijah Moore could have had a could have had a huge week this week.
1: Yeah. And the whole offense in general, general, like I wonder what the shift is going to be, you know, maybe in the over-under for the game. And obviously, you don't want to say one player makes it a monumental shift, but it's a really different offense with Zach Wilson at the helm. So, I think it's interesting to see how that's going to play out because this could have been a game where – and I expect the Jets, you know, to hold their own on defense. It's not the lines are going to go up by 30. But this was a game that I figured would be pretty close and competitive, you know, with the way that these offenses work and the defenses, you know, are also – I mean, obviously the Jets' defense is very good and Lions' defense has been playing better as of late. Um, It looked like the Jets had the advantage maybe on both sides, but now um, I'd say that the Lions have the advantage in terms of their defense over the Jets' offense at this point. I mean, unless Zach Wilson comes out and looks, like we said, drastically different.
0: I'm not really moving Zonovan Knight down too much they might lean on him even more if this game is close. The offense might take a hit in terms of scoring opportunities, but there's a potential for more volume for Knight. So not really moving him down a, a whole lot, like the offense takes a hit, but more volume. So kind of net-net similar for me. Yeah, uh, He's still my RB15, RB16-ish, I haven't decided just yet, on the week uh, because he's shown that he's a good running back. And I think the Jets are going to lean on him more this week.
1: Yeah. And that would make sense, especially with the quarterback situation the way that it is. And even with Mike White, you know, being Mike White, he plays pretty well. And at this point, you know, better than Zach Wilson. It still makes sense to involve him because Mike White is still a guy that doesn't have a whole lot of experience under center. Um, and he's going to be dumping it off a lot like we saw. He, the thing about Mike White is he doesn't try to do too much. And we see Zach Wilson do that sometimes. And when you don't try to do too much, that's what unlocks the receiving ability of the running backs. And that's why I think Zonovan Knight, you know, he's been making some money that way. Yeah. I'm interested, I'm interested to see if that continues, you know, if he's able to continue to get those targets with Zach Wilson, at quarterback, that's something I'm going to be keeping an eye on this week.
0: I agree. That's definitely a concern for me. And that's part of the reason why I might, you know, move him down a spot or two uh, because right. of the fact that, you know, I think he had, he was five of five, three of three and two for two in terms of, he caught all of his uh, targets over the last three weeks from Mike white. Uh, we'll see, you know, if Zach, if Zach Wilson, hopefully the coaching staff tells him be like, Hey, listen, you have a couple of good receivers. You know, at the running back position, dump it off if you don't have anything, right? And that's right. that's the move. Hope, hope, hopefully, Zach uh, can do something there. So, you know, we'll see. You know, I'm. Uh, it, it it does suck this news overall, just as a Jets fan, but also the fantasy impact uh, of this news. Uh, it's crazy. It's crazy that you know the Jets was such a fantasy friendly offense. You know, especially in yep. this game against the Lions, uh, and now you know, you know
1: the hopes aren't as high. It gets uh, turned upside down the first week of playoffs too. like talk about inconvenient. If you picked up Mike White and you've been starting him the past few weeks or anybody really Garrett Wilson, he's been playing pretty well. Like this is a pretty big change for the first round. You know, it, it could decide some matchups.
0: Yeah, no, 100%, man. Um, so let's talk about last night's game quickly before we answer some questions here. Um, <laughs> Dude, it's <laughs> funny, man. Like Christian McCaffrey, like, you know, we were talking about this game. And, yeah. you know, Christian McCaffrey was literally, if you saw last night's game, Christian McCaffrey was the entire 49ers offense. Like he was. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of what we expected, right? Especially with Debo Samuel out. But McCaffrey had 26 carries. He had eight targets. If I'm not mistaken, he had all six of his catches or maybe five of them in the first half. So he had like seven he had or eight five, targets. five, I think, the fir-
1: in the first half. yeah.
0: Five in the first half. So like, yeah, uh, he, he, was, he was killing it. So 34 total opportunities for Christian McCaffrey. Jordan Mason didn't see a snap until the second half uh, when this game was potentially a little bit, you know, when they had a couple of touchdown lead, uh, you know, over the Seahawks Um, Tyler Lockett, unfortunately, you know, it looks like he had a decent game in this one, uh, Mm. but unfortunately it looks like he has a broken finger and he could be out potentially the rest of the season. And that would, that would suck. Uh, Hopefully it's not too bad. You know, maybe he, hopefully he could be out just a week, but if he, if he needs to have surgery, on that finger, then it's possible that he's out for at least a couple weeks. And that would that would suck a lot. Yeah. Uh, because he's been killing it for your fantasy teams. Uh does DK Metcalf get a little bit of a boost? Probably. He'll probably get a higher target share, you know, moving mm-hmm. forward. Uh maybe Marquise Goodwin can step up a little bit. Um but you know it, it kind of downgrades Gino and obviously downgrades your fantasy team if you don't have Lockett moving forward.
1: Yeah. I, I figure in this situation Tyler Lockett would have missed time that DK Metcalf wouldn't be the beneficiary more than Marquise Goodwin. I think Marquise Goodwin would be the beneficiary because DK Metcalf, he's been locked in for a workload with Tyler Lockett on the field. And like we said, they've been ranked right next to each other the past, like I think three or four weeks for us now, because they get such a similar workload. Um, I don't think much is going to change. DK Metcalf is not going to be drawing more top coverage. And he could beat anybody. Like, don't get me wrong. But I think Marquise Goodwin stands to benefit the most because he's going to have an increase in target share, definitely. Like DK Metcalf, he might have a similar target share. That I think the number of targets is going to stay the same. Um, Geno Smith has come back down the earth a little bit. It was a tough matchup last night. They did all right. But um, I, I think that Marquise Goodwin is the primary beneficiary there. And then with Christian McCaffrey, like you said, we said that he might have a crazy workload, and he did. And the funny thing is, you know, look at the way they were using him early in the game when it was a competitive game. If it wasn't for the defense just smothering Seattle, and this might be a problem the rest of the way for Christopher McCaffrey, if they're just going to go up in these games and stay up, they're not going to have to pound him that much. But look at the usage in the first half. He had, I think he had 20-some points at halftime. Like, this could have been a much yeah. bigger day if the game was competitive. So there's yeah, no reason not to have him. there's no reason not to have him ranked as RB1 the rest of the way.
0: Yeah, and then, you know, Jordan Mason started to come in. He had that big run. Um, So, (laughs) you know, he definitely could have had a bigger game. Uh, You know, uh, uh, George Kittle, you know, took advantage of the great matchup against Seattle, actually came through. You know, it's it's a good sign that Purdy was looking for him. And it was a great sign seeing Kittle do some stuff after the catch, something we haven't seen probably since, like, last year.
1: Right. Yeah, no, I mean, if you watch the two touchdowns that he got, he was, like, wide open on both of them. The one was schemed up that way, and the other one was just a busted coverage. But on that second touchdown, the long one, he missed. He made Quandre Diggs miss, and then one of the linebackers. I forget the name. But he looked good doing it. You know, that's what I'm saying. So it looks like Brock Purdy's looking his way. Uh, The struggle continued. You know, uh, Brent Nayuk, he's riding the struggle bus because he's not getting looks from Brock Purdy, which is kind of concerning, especially with Debo out. I wouldn't really have him ranked very much higher. Then we had him this week the rest of the way. Um, But George Kittle, do you think this kind of vaults him in the top three? I mean, with the way the tight end landscape is? Yeah,
0: I mean, it's the same. It's the same thing. You know, you got to chalk it up to the matchup as well. This is one of the best matchups for tight ends, you know. So, you know, I kind of chalk it up to that as well. Uh, yep. Brandon Ayuk also had a very tough matchup on the outside. We talked about that coming into the game, and that's what happened. You know, we, we did bet the under on his yardage that came through six for six. By the way, was on last say, night's well. underdog, <laughs> six for six. If you played uh, our picks yesterday on underdog, you probably won some money. I got a ton yep. of DMs last night and into this morning, continuing to get DMs this morning. You know, with like yeah, with just people sending me screenshots uh, of their entries. So that that that's awesome. Glad you guys were able to cash in on that. Um, Kenneth Walker, you know, was looked fine. Like, you know, this was a tough matchup, but he looked decent. And, you know, if you started him, like 11 PPR fantasy points, sure, fine against the 49ers. If you didn't start him, fine. Because, like, you know, you, yeah. it's not like you lost a huge ceiling day. So either way, you're probably okay, um, regardless yeah. of the decision that, that you made.
1: 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.